It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Welcome to our Thursday show, everybody. We got a lot coming up today on the show. It's uh, National Pancake Day. That sounds so. Delicious. You gotta love that. <clears throat> you like pancakes? Yeah. Well, today's your day. It's National Pancake <laughs> Day. Uh, we got a lot of guests coming up on the show, and I'll run through that in just a second. Why don't we go ahead and talk about what we're working on today? And uh, Brandon, we'll start with sports. What What do we got in sports coming up? Uh, give me two seconds here. Mm-hmm. Kyrie no, Irving broke his face. No, there is a lot of stuff. That's why I want you to give me a couple seconds here. Oh, Melvin Gordon, he's um, ending his holdout. He's going to report to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers today. Is he the last kind of name holdout? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he's going to end that holdout. He's not going to be available for this weekend as the Chargers take on the Dolphins, but they're hoping he'll be ready to go by October 6th when they take on the Broncos. Right. And apparently nobody in my fantasy league got this update yesterday because I snatched him off the waiver wire, baby. Is that the way fantasy football works? Is if he's not drafted, like whoever notices he's available first gets him? No. Oh, that's not the way it works. Not necessarily. It's kind of... I've never played fantasy football. There's it, it, Leagues are run differently, but any league that I've ever been in is after the games all wrap up on Monday, you generally have one to two days where you put in a waiver claim on anybody who's not on a team. Melvin Gordon wasn't on a team, and since today's Thursday in my league, that's when all those transactions happen, and they go in order, like... It's kind of like you know how you have the draft, you have the first pick, you have the second pick, so on and so forth. That's how the waiver wire goes. And apparently nobody wanted Melvin Gordon, so I snatched him up. Who are you in a league with? Are you in one of Kaplowitz's? Nope. It's my it's my league I've been running for years. You're not in Steve's, got my family, no. Uh, Steve's celebrity uh, fantasy league with Jason Bateman and Kevin Baumgartner? No. Not Kevin Baumgartner. The guy who plays Kevin on The Office, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. Uh, Joanna, how about entertainment news? What's uh, what's in the spotlight today? Um, how about you tell me what you've talked about? Have you talked about Jurassic World three reuniting no. all their stars? <clears throat> we haven't yet. Okay, great. All the original stars from the first Jurassic Park will be coming back for Jurassic World three. Even the little kids. I don't think about the little kids, but uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. You know, the Samuel little boy played Walter. played the bass player and, in Queen. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. In Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. That was the little that was Tim from the original ja- Jurassic Park. Okay, yes. cool. That's pretty cool. So who is coming back? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, the original three. That's pretty fun. How about uh uh John Hammond? He passed away, right? He did. Well how about, how about Newman? He's dead. Well, his character. No, yeah, his character. Oh. Well, yeah, we're I'm assuming. Like, oh my god, he died. No, we're assuming his character. <laughs> right. Joanna starts looking it up. Wait, you just, what? Thing was spitting at him. <laughs> yeah, he got ate by a bunch of little tiny uh, dinosaurs. I just can't wait to hear Jeff Goldblum say, "Life finds a way." Or must, must. go yeah. faster. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is there any other major character? From the well, first Henry one. Wu, Doctor Wu, he's he got, he's already been in uh, Jurassic World movies. Like he was, got, he was I thought of, he got killed in Jurassic World. His yeah, but, but what I'm saying is, that, like, he's he's been right. in the in those movies. Did he get killed though? I thought he got killed. Sam Jackson, B. D. Wong, right? Didn't yeah, B. D. Wong. 
Right. I love BD Wong. I follow him on Instagram. What, uh, what's his oh, name on You guys, SVU? the Masked Singer came back yesterday. Oh, yeah. How was it? I know. I'm in the middle of Tom Segura, and there's Joanna texting me. The Masked Singer is on. They're, like, they're, they're going to have one this season that looks like uh, Coco. <gasps> what? Like, uh, you know, one of those sugar skulls. That's oh, the, the costume. skeleton. That was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. How'd they Ooh. do? Really good. They're making okay. it to the next round. Okay. Oh, man. Don't tell me. I, I already want to look up who it was. But... Oh, it was so good. Lisa, how about news? What are we looking at? Been pretty quiet, right? Nothing yeah, really going say, on in Washington. Really, yeah, nothing really going on. <laughs> uh, the House Intelligence Committee will be asking the Director of National Intelligence, Joseph McGuire, about the complaint that ignited a firestorm about firestorm about President Trump over communications with Ukraine. Whistleblower filed the complaint August twelfth to the Inspector General. And who found it credible. But McGuire and the Justice Department initially blocked him from passing along the complaint to Congress, as is customary within seven days, because it didn't involve an intelligence worker or intelligence activity under his supervision. The complaint was provided. The House and Senate Intelligence Well, yeah, Committees- I mean, the president uh, isn't under his supervision. But- <laughs> uh, the complaint appears related to the call with the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky. I don't know what you're talking about. So we're uh, the whistleblower has tentatively agreed to testify. Like the whistleblower had had expressed interest in keeping their identity uh, shielded from the public for obvious reasons. Uh, but it looks like the whistleblower has ten- tentatively uh, has plans to testify. Did uh, I didn't watch, but I was in my car, so I listened to the president's uh, press conference yesterday, and he hit all the normal beats that that Trump hits. You know, it's fake news, witch hunt, Russia hoax, but he just didn't have any wind in the sails. You know, mm. it's like he was going through the motions, but he didn't even really believe it himself anymore. Maybe he's just really sad. Yes, he was attacking the press, but he wasn't doing it with any real oomph. Gusto. I felt, yeah, it's like all of the wind is out of his sails. It's the, I, if I didn't know better, I would say that, that Trump has kind of resigned himself to uh, his fate, whatever that ends up being or whatever he thinks it's going to end up being because, like I say, he went through the motions, but that's about all it sounded like was he was going through the motions yesterday. Uh, so we'll have some more on that coming up a little bit later. We've got guests on the way today. Uh, Sean Spicer. Spicy. Who was White House uh, press secretary before, well, I guess there were a few before uh, Sarah. But he was uh, the press secretary that Melissa McCarthy impersonated on Saturday Night Live. Brilliantly. Have, have you ever heard the story that that part of why Spicer left is that the president had said he had lost confidence and a lot of that was based on the Melissa McCarthy impersonation on Saturday Night Live that he thought that impersonation made Spicer look weak and Trump didn't want him to continue as the as the press secretary. Oh, I thought Spicy left because he wanted a podium on wheels because those wasn't, wasn't that uh, her yeah, big thing is that she had a podium <laughs> that she could run down the reporters with? Yeah. Uh, so he's on Dancing with the Stars. Now, He believe it or not, somebody got voted off and it wasn't him first. I would like to apologize for you to me <laughs> the way you've been treating me. 
Uh, so Sean Spicer, the former press uh, secretary for the Donald Trump administration, is coming up a little bit later, on the, in about an hour, in fact. And actor Diedrich Bader, who's been in a lot of things you've probably seen, including oh, him. Napoleon Dynamite, where he was Rex Quando <laughs> <laughs> in that. He was uh, Ryan Stiles' best friend in the Drew Carey show. Uh-huh. And he was also in Office Space. Lawrence, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time. <laughs> what kind of girls do you think you could get to do that for a million dollars? Kind of chicks that double up on dude like me. So we've got, D- and his show right now is called American Housewife. So Diedrich Bader is coming up a little bit later. We got a very, very packed show today. We're going to do our best. Remember when they used to, to yell through the walls at each other in office space? <laughs> yeah. Hey, porn, channel nine. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We have Sean Spicer, uh, former uh, press secretary for the uh, Donald Trump White House, who did not get eliminated first. It was yeah. somebody other than Sean Spicer. Hello, Sean. Hey, good morning. Good news. <laughs> good news. Uh, so going in on a dancing show, you kind of figured, hey, I, I'm the dark horse here because you're not a you're not a dancer. Did you ever dance just like socially or recreationally before this? No. I mean, honestly, my wife and I didn't even finish our first dance uh, <laughs> when we got married 15 years ago. It was... I think she was like, okay, just let's stop and tell everyone else to start. And then my daughter and I have done two father-daughter dances. And when we were talking about doing, she's like, daddy, you're going to embarrass me. <laughs> I, I, I get where you're coming from. Every year they got somebody on here and you figure, okay, well, this, this person's probably never, never danced. It's probably really uncomfortable dancing. And it seems like maybe you're that, you're that guy on this season. Yeah, I mean, I was laughing when you were just replaying the, the judges' comments. I think it was Bruno that said it looked militaristic. And I'm like, okay, this is actually, uh, next week will be my 20th year in the Navy. So I was like, well, at least my military training. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's your next dance going to be? Uh, you've already done salsa, right? Yep. So this week will be the cha-cha. Okay. Um, and it's funny because when they tell me what it is, I kind of look at them with a blank stare. And I'm like, okay, so... I mean, you might as well just say it's blah, blah, because you, you know, I know what the waltz is, um, or at least in theory, but beyond that, I don't think there's a single additional dance that I have any kind of understanding of what the basic fundamentals are. I got a theory uh, of my own just from observation that 80% of guys loathe the idea of dancing, like 80% of dudes, and that goes for single or married some, now, guys will do it, but I think that number could be as high as 80% of guys is like the last thing they want to do in the world is dance. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll tell you, the guys, because I think there's a difference. If you have rhythm and you can, then you don't mind showing it off. It's guys like me that are like, hey, uh, does anyone want another drink? And you head to the bar while everyone else heads to the dance floor. But because I, I know the guys who do have rhythm, um, and they're always wanting to show off that they can move. So it's sort of like, I think it probably breaks down to, you know, more like a 50-50 thing because the guys that I know that can are more than willing to hop out and kind of show and try to impress people. The guys who can't, like me, are the ones that lurk in the corner and kind of hide in darkness. See, I think I might, I have pretty good rhythm because I play guitar, but I, I have my religious upbringing working against me. Baptist, you know, dancing is like as bad <laughs> as, I mean, dancing is a thing that Baptists do not do. Right. 
Well, I, I have no rhythm. I mean, I, I literally got kicked out of band in the in the sixth grade for trying to play drums, which is ironic that I was started off the first show playing bongo because I was like, you know, this is a combination of just a lot of bad things at once. And uh, but but I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because I don't know. I have no musical or artistic talent either. I can't paint. I'm not. I don't play an instrument. So. You know, I, I don't know where that line is, but I, you know, I, I get it. I think that there's a lot of guys out there that would rather leave the dancing up to women. The uh, former White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, is our guest, and your partner's Lindsay Arnold, so she's the professional dancer. She is she pretty patient? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she is not only patient, but I will tell you, it's interesting. I, I, I think. She has got a knack for teaching, and she spent the first probably day or two really trying to understand how I learned. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of one of those visual learners that, you know, I'd rather watch the YouTube video than read the directions. And so Lindsay kind of, after about 24 hours, was like, okay, I think I figured out how you learn and what your limitations are, and then started to build everything around that. Um, so she's, she's not only an amazing dancer, but she truly is an amazing coach, too. And that's what I think is really important in this process is that you have somebody that understands what your limitations are and how you learn and then kind of builds out from there. When do you dance on TV again? Monday night. Um, and what happens is they don't... So, like, the first time I was really towards the end, this time I was towards the middle, they don't tell you until the day before. So when you are going into dress rehearsal on Sundays... They kind of say, okay, this is this is when your your position is. So I won't know exactly when on the show, but Monday night, um, it's it's eight to ten Eastern. So you know you back it up, but it's live. So in, in the Central Time Zone, seven to um, seven to nine, and and it's interesting because people who have watched the show before have to understand how the how the shows change. The only votes that count are during that live show. So if you're you know, it doesn't matter if you're 10 minutes after the show or five minutes before, unless it's during the window of the show, the text and the clicks on the website don't count towards votes. And I get people all week who be like, oh, I already voted for you this week. And I'm like, it didn't count. Um, and so getting people to understand that once the show's up, Lindsay and I set up a website, SpicerArnold.com, where people can go and we'll send them updates and make sure they know where to, to get, uh, you know, to get more information. So we try to make sure that people understand that in the past you could vote for while the, after the show had aired up until you know a few days afterwards now you literally have to be just focus on when it's when it's airing well i haven't been checking the news i don't know what's going on in washington or at the white house this <laughs> week i don't know if things are pretty quiet but uh sean what what do you think you'd probably be doing today if you were still the uh press secretary for donald trump oh god i, I mean i w- it was just it's funny you bring that up because yesterday afternoon i obviously am aware of what's happening but we practiced for about i flew back from la um, Tuesday. Then yesterday we got up. I had a couple of event, work events, and then uh, we practiced for almost five hours yesterday, and then had some post production stuff. And it was funny because, to your point, I knew that there was this talk of impeachment going on, but honestly, I haven't even read the um, the letter that or the transcript that was put out of the call. And I feel like it's funny how different my life was two years ago, when that would have been literally all you would have been consumed with. And now I'm like, oh. Later this afternoon, I'll find some time and try to catch up on the news. But well, in the midst of this, have you gotten a lot of media requests to talk about that instead of the Dancing with the Stars this week? I, I would imagine a lot of people um, would like to get you on to get your or, perspective. Or it'll be uh, the, the bigger question from reporters is, hey, are you in touch with folks there? What is their mood? What's going on? And honestly, I'll say, 
you know, since since I left LA, I haven't talked to you know any of my former counterparts because they're up there doing with the UN. I'm obviously focused on what I'm doing, and so I'm sure at some point next week we'll catch up. But it, it's interesting how life changes in terms of what you have to deal with on a day to day. Be honest, Sean. Are you glad you're not in, <laughs> in on that battlefield this week? Oh yeah, I mean, look, I I was honored to do the job. I've always said that, but but it is the probably the single biggest stressful position that I've ever had, or that I can imagine being, because you have to be on twenty four seven. You don't know when some other piece of news or world event is going to happen that you have to be ready to address or to debrief in some way. So, not having to live on that uh, pressure cooker on a daily basis uh, is is something that I'm I'm obviously happy to to have to pass on the torch to you seem to be like a guy who doesn't mind being uh you know people laughing hopefully with you but also at you which uh which costume for your job was the most personally humiliating the easter bunny or the the uh, shirt you wore for your salsa the first week well i mean hey the, the easter bunny one you have a you have a you know a mask on or so that you're not really... We didn't know it was you until there. years later. Right? The other thing is, that one's, that one's purely for fun, right? I mean, you're you're entertaining children and families for a good cause, so it's great. The shirt probably, you know, wins hands down. <laughs> but I don't know if... You know, we Lindsay and I turned that into some good... We, we auctioned the shirt off. We raised over $3,800 that were given to two veterans charities that I'm on the board of, the Independence Fund and the Yellow Ribbon Fund that support our wounded warriors. So, you know... it there's times when I think you do stuff for a bigger cause and, and we've tried to turn this whole thing into some good for, for those who have made sacrifices for our nation. All right. Well, very good. And thank you for your 20 years of service in the U S Navy, Sean. You're quite welcome. It's been an honor to serve this country. All right. Thank you. Good luck on dancing with the stars. Thank you very much. I appreciate y'all having me. All right. We'll see you, Sean. There's Sean Spicer. No. And I even went in and I was like, Brandon, I asked like, if I, I want to like, be mean for him. If I want to be mean, should I be mean to Sean Spicer? Because I feel kind of bad for Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer <laughs> seems like a guy who is really caught between a rock and a possibly treasonous hard spot <laughs> the entire time. He you know there. what I thought you were going to do? You know how you play like a little clip before you introduce them in? I you thought, play Melissa McCarthy? Yes, I thought oh, you were yeah. going to play Melissa McCarthy one. <laughs> that was a good interview, but Okay. Here. I was going to ask him, like, uh, which uh, which are the jobs are most embarrassing? Easter Bunny, Dancing with the Stars, or telling just like ludicrous lies to the American people? <laughs> which, which was the toughest one to do? Uh, but there's Sean Spicer. Mary Wilson got voted off, which is kind of sad because she was a backup singer for the, in the Supremes. So her actual job involved dancing, and also she's like eighty. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, that was one of the awkward things when Chris Kattan was on there, because the judges after one of the dances like you you come off very stiff and you need to be more fluid and he had broken his stuff. spine. And then that's when they went into the whole story of oh, by the way, he has a whole bunch of screws and bolts holding his spine together right now, so he can't <laughs> move. Did they, very did they fluid. talk about that on the show? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he injured himself actually during a skit that was live on Saturday Night Live and had a lot of work. So Uh uh, Chris comes in and he into here and Chris Kattan 
he moves like a like a hundred and ten year old man. Yeah, but it's because of all these inner. In, so it's a good thing they incorporated it into because the, they they're always looking for a story or an angle. Um, okay, Sean Spicer probably won't last another week, but he might last longer than his former boss Donald Trump in his <laughs> job. So it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Today we have our educational segment, three random facts on the way, and we'll have that coming up shortly. How about this camera setup over on Facebook? Yeah, you like that? What kind of feedback are we getting? Have people noticed we really took their advice and got it so the cameras match up with the words? Yeah, so a few years ago we got a new camera set up, but unfortunately it was not the greatest of setups, just the way that everything was wired, or should I say wirelessly connected, which was causing a a delay that we just could not fix between the audio and the video. But now we've got it set up so that it should all be matching up. I've had people reach out to me and they're saying that it looks really good. I got to give a big shout out to to producer Dave, the guy that helps me out with the AfterBuzz. He spent a ton of time in here. He was coming in at like five o'clock at night to work with Daver to get these cameras set up, uh, set up to get the uh, whole system set up. So a lot of big, uh, a lot of credit goes to him. All right, I'm seeing a, uh, I'm seeing a lag, but this could just be my computer. I don't know. You guys were talking about how great it was, and then Joanna's computer froze twice on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Joanna's, all, it looks again. great. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it just doesn't like you, Joanna. All right, you know what? It might take a day or two of adjust, adjustment, but the picture's good. No, we look great, you guys. You, we do. We look like we have a filter on us. Uh, all right, so check us out over at Facebook and the Mo Show uh, camera, the Buzz Adams Morning Show on Facebook. You see what's happening in the studio. And for, for yeah, I'm sure we'll tweak it a little and we'll have some different uh, adjustments to make. Well, one of the advantages we have is the majority of the cameras can now be moved. That was something we weren't able to do before. Like if you look at where the camera's on Buzz right now, if you look right above his head, you see that black dot. That's one of the cameras. And they were all secured to where they were. So we weren't able to move them around at all. But we do have them like Joanna's got her own camera now on a little tripod in her room. Rather than one shooting across, you know, an entire room through a window at Joanna, she's got one, bam, right there. How was Tom Segura last night? It was awesome. He was so, so good. Really great comic, Tom Segura. Yeah, he was really, really funny. The best part was, so he starts the show, and he comes out and starts doing all of his jokes in Spanish. Oh. <laughs> and the whole room's just laughing and laughing. Then he goes, sup, white people? Anyways, <laughs> and then he keeps talking in Spanish. And he did that for, I mean, it seemed like a good like five to seven minutes of just jokes in Spanish. <laughs> and everyone's laughing, and he's like, it's great. All the white people have no idea what's going was, on right was, now. <laughs> was, did, was there anybody near you that looked like it could have been a white lady named Karen who wanted to speak? to a manager <laughs> my understanding was this was going to be in English you know the official language of our country I want to speak to a manager and now it's time for random facts alright all of these uh, have been checked out we do fact check our facts we begin with random fact number one this is about the very first hot air balloon ride. The passengers in the first hot air balloon ride were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. 
Sounds okay. like a bad joke. I was going to say that sounds like so. Sheep, sheep, a duck, and a rooster go up in a hot air balloon. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm laughing what comes already. down? Dinner. I'm laughing already. It happened in <laughs> France in 1783, and the king was worried how the altitude would affect people, so he wanted to try it on animals first. So, sheep, duck, Animal and a rooster hmm. uh, went up. It doesn't say. Did they come back down? <sighs> Yeah, well, like, what's to keep them from panicking and jumping overboard? I guess they could have tied up the... Oh, my God, the sheep. Or what's to <laughs> keep the duck from just flying away? Oh, my God. Wait, so did they bring them back down safely? Why would he need to know about a duck in high altitude? They fly. <laughs> the ducks I, all screw you guys. <laughs> I think they wanted to try other... Okay, here's what I'm guessing. I don't have any more facts on this, so this is just all <laughs> conjecture on my part. I think they wanted uh, an animal that's... Ground a land animal. based. You're right. So that's the sheep. I think they wanted a an animal that can only get up to very low altitudes for a short period of time. So that'd be a rooster, okay. known then as a cock in those days. Sure. And then they wanted something that could fly a little bit higher. So a duck. Mm-hmm. If I, I were that duck, I'd just be straight flying out of that. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I'd be like, I'm out. I'm going home. Bye, guys. Oh, the sheep. Random, okay. random fact number two. Okay, here we go. Hold on a little more for you. Okay. Uh, so the sheep uh, was, yeah, the, they chose the sheep because it was similar to a human. The high-flying duck was unlikely to be harmed, so it was used as the control. Yeah. Ah. And the rooster was included as a further control because while it was a bird, it did not fly. <laughs> wow, I got it exactly right, yeah. Jenna. Job, yeah, it says that it went up. It, the flight lasted eight minutes, and it was re- witnessed by the French king, Marie Antoinette, and a crowd of 130,000 people. Flew about two miles, and it landed safely on the ground. They wanted a flying cock. <laughs> a doodle do. <laughs> there you go. I guess at the time, they didn't know what would happen. Like, if you sent up a, mm-hmm. a human, they, they might just explode. Yeah. You know, or maybe there wasn't enough air to breathe for a human. They want to try it on some other animals. If I were the first human, I would still be like, hey, man, I'm not a sheep. How do we know what's going to happen to me? Random fact number two. Medium rare hamburgers are illegal in Canada. Do you think Res- they need to be medium rare? Medium rare hamburgers are illegal in Canada. Huh, for okay. rest- <laughs> Restaurants have to cook their meat at 160 degrees Fahrenheit or more and to make a hamburger medium rare you can't go over 145. Oh, I have been in oh, okay. I have been in individual restaurants where their policy was they don't serve anything under medium. Yeah, well that, that means a it's a, a, anyway. a I I've heard, I'm not sure if it's 100%, but I've heard it's because it's a poor quality of meat that they're using. Oh. Well, I heard it's because it's ground and uh as opposed to uh, a fresh cut of beef, for instance, that more organisms can can thrive in hamburger meat. But I've definitely been in re- restaurants where I ask for a hamburger. They say, how do you want to cook? I yeah, say like medium rare. rare. And they go, oh, you know what? Medium is the lowest we do. And I say, all right, we'll do it medium, but take it off a minute and a half before. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we won't tell anybody. Random fact number three. About Brandon's favorite movie, The Godfather. Yeah, yeah. Burt Reynolds could have been cast as Michael Corleone, the role that went to Al Pacino in The Godfather. Mm. But Marlon Brando hated Burt Reynolds oh. and refused to work with him. 
Now, Bert later said that he turned down the role of Michael Corleone and only found out later that Marlon Brando had said refused. good? Yeah. <laughs> and Bert Reynolds had said, well, I'm glad that it aggravated Marlon Brando. I guess the two never met, but Marlon Brando, for some reason, hated Burt Reynolds. And hmm. on the set of Apocalypse Now, they had a tape rolling, and Brando kind of just unleashed on Burt Reynolds. I guess the deal was, if you mentioned Burt Reynolds, anywhere around Marlon Brando, Katie bar the door. You had just uh, unleashed the maelstrom. So... So, notice somebody just brings up the name Burt Reynolds and listen to how Marlon Brando reacts. That's yeah, but by the time you get the bells over it and all that Brando. stuff, who's going to know? I don't think he is. I think it's Burt Reynolds. That's one of the reasons we're doing Don't say that name around me. Oh. You not like him? Uh, he is the epitome of something that makes me want to throw up. He's a nice guy. He is? You want to come in here? Joanne, I can tell by your face you've never heard this no, tidbit of Hollywood lore. Okay, so for a little context, this was on the set of Apocalypse Now. Okay. Uh, they said Marlon Brando showed up. He was 300 pounds. Right. He had not memorized a single line. <laughs> and because he, he then goes into uh, how Burt Reynolds is an insult to the acting profession. But they oh. were saying, like, this is when Marlon Brando started his deal where it's like he didn't bother to read lines. He would just have somebody write them on a cue card and hold them up. Uh-huh. Like, Marlon Brando was no longer really trying uh, to be a great actor. No, you don't I don't know why I hate him. So he is a nice guy, is what I think. He can't be. He's, I mean, he's, he's the epitome of everything that's... The- I, I don't know if you caught that, mm-hmm. but Brando says, I don't know why I hate him. And then the other guy, whoever that is, said, hey, I hear he's a nice guy. No, you don't I don't know why I hate him. So he is a nice guy, is what I think. He can't be. He's I mean, he's he's the epitome of everything that's disgusting about the thespian. Just holy. He Where did you get that idea? I he, don't know him at he all. He worships at the temple of his own narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the side of the guy who doesn't refer to acting as thespianism. <laughs> yeah. what, you want to try? Totally narcissistic person. Well, I don't want to meet him either. That's. <laughs> Get in there. Let's get this thing going. You know what, I, what really disgusted me? I saw him on the TV one time. It was at an opening of some movie he did called The Cat, Cat Dancing. Mm-hmm. And he had ordered some Indian kids there because it was a little uh, anti-Indian and he wanted to make some compensations for it. So he ordered a little Indian kid there brought in from someplace so the kid was brought in it was about a three or four year old kid and he wanted to show how loving he was to the kid so he stooped down and was playing for the cameras of oh how i love children and that kind of thing and the kid started to go away to go off camera so he pulled the kid back and was trying to make the kid make a a a little scene of how sweet bert was and and respected children but it was it was such a shitty, the whole idea of it, hustling children, so you could... Did you ever know him? Project, no, I don't know. The mm-hmm. great thing about kids, though, they can't be bullshit. Yeah, the kid wouldn't play the bullshit, he wouldn't do the bullshit. Just wanted to go back to his mother. Wow. He worshipped at the altar of his own. Narcissism. That's great. Uh, all right, so if Burt Reynolds... 
had not been hated by Marlon Brando, he might have been Michael Corleone instead of Al Pacino. Maybe Al Pacino would have been banned. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. In the three random facts, we were talking about how you can't get a hamburger medium rare from a restaurant in Canada. It's against the law for restaurants. I mean, to be to be clear, I said it was illegal to get a medium rare. You could do whatever you want to at home, I guess. You know, <clears throat> I don't think right. the police state has gotten to the point where they're going to monitor how you make a hamburger at home. But in a restaurant, they have to serve it at least medium. And uh, that reminded me of a survey I saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. on YouGov, and it asked people what's the most popular way to order a steak. And? Well done is oh. how most people say they order steaks. Gross. If you've only ever eaten a steak well done, you have never actually eaten a steak. You've eaten a piece of galvanized rubber. <laughs> what, is, what is the point? Just throw at that, just throw a hamburger on there. Why would you get an expensive cut of steak if you're going to eat it Just burn the hell out of it burn the hell out of it that makes no sense according to a new sir oh it used to drive my cra- crazy my sister-in-law would or have a steak and it didn't matter it could be a you know like a really good cut well done why would it be any of my business because that's a good piece of meat. Because that's a good piece of meat, and you're disrespecting the sacrifice if, that cow made for you. Yeah, and if we have cow <laughs> flatulence destroying the environment, if we're going to eat it, we might as well make it good. Right. And sometimes your order gets delayed because they're still waiting on that well-done steak. So. Oh, that's a good point. You're making everyone else wait. That's rude. Believe it or not, <laughs> according to this survey on YouGov, the most popular way to order steaks in this country is well done. 24% of people say that it is their favorite way to order. And it just beat out at 23% medium rare. Uh, 16% go medium well. Yeah, see, I'm all about medium rare, baby. 13% went medium. 11% wanted rare. And 2% order blue rare. Do you know what blue rare is? Blue rare? Oh. Is that like no. high def? It's rare. It's <laughs> rarer than rare. Yeah. It sounds like it's just almost raw. Ugh. Like they just walked it through a warm room? Knocked its horns off, wiped its ass, and walked it through a warm room. <laughs> Interesting. I have never thought of that. There are some restaurants where I know that if I order medium rare, it comes out more well done than I want, so I'll order it rare. You just have to kind of know the restaurant, like and how they cook it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you think is more likely between men and women to order a steak well done? Women. Women. Men. Why do you say Why do you say women? Because uh, women are more likely to get grossed out by my blood. My wife does. She orders it well done. Um, or medium well. It's usually medium well. Yeah, I'm just judging from the show. Like, I, I would ra- I would prefer a medium steak. Medium or medium well. Usually medium. Joanna, why did you say that men, you thought men were more likely to order well done? I don't know. Everybody else said women. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> women are almost 50% more likely to order a steak well done than men. I think that might have to do with evolution. Hear me out. Okay. <laughs> so, in caveman days, who typically would go and hunt the food? Men. Yes. 
typically. Okay. So if men were out hunting the food and they made a kill, say they killed a, a gazelle. You want to take a little nibble on the way home. Well, you might. It's going to be rare. You might eat it. You, you know, you're probably hungry. Maybe it's a pain in the ass to build a fire. You don't want to attract predators like saber, saber-teethed tigers. <laughs> so you just eat it kind of on the rare side. You take it back to the cave where the women are. Burn the hell out of it. You get that fire going in the cave, uh-huh, uh-huh. they'll just burn it up. Uh, women are almost... So, basically, I've just called Donald Trump a cave woman because he likes to get his steak well done. Women are 50% more likely to order steak well done. Oh, wow. The blue one looks pretty rare. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. look like it's been cooked at all. Yeah, like the top looks like it just stood on a grill. For What's like it called? Two blue seconds. blue rare. Blue rare is blue rare. is rarer than rare. And then there's steak oh, tartare, no. which is just I think raw. Oh, I just looked up blue. Sometimes rare at the grocery yeah. store, I'll be in the meat section and I'll be looking at like a, a good cut of ribeye or t-bone or something, and I'll be thinking, oh, especially if I'm a little on the hungry side, I'll go. I could just take a bite out of that <laughs> right now. I would like it just like that. Look at all these pink centers. Ew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that looks. That Have looks I ever really told you gross. about the time I dated a girl? We dated for probably six months. Please don't let this end up with her pink center. No. Uh. <laughs> we continued to date, but one of the things was we could. I could not order steak when I was with her because she was grossed out to the point like. It ruined her meal to see how I eat my steak, which is it, rare to medium rare. But, uh, you know, with the juices and, and blood, and that was the deal. If we went out to eat, I could not order a steak because she couldn't She couldn't sit there and watch me eat it. I felt equally disgusted that she got hers medium well. So. <laughs> I can see why this didn't work out, by the way. The relationship? Mm-hmm. The survey also found that the most popular way to cook burgers is also well done. 40% of people say they like their burgers well done. How I've never asked you, Brandon, how do you like your burgers? Medium rare. Yeah, same here. I mean, Tw- it's not as bad if it's, you know, closer to medium. Yeah, but, I've, but a steak, I, I got to have medium rare, you know? I've heard plenty of times that your burger should be thoroughly you know cooked all the way through mm-hmm. there shouldn't be any raw hamburger meat in there because i guess the like it's more of a breeding ground for harmful organisms than just to cut a steak is so anyway what did we hear trump will order like an expensive steak he'll order it well done and with ketchup with ketchup and he'll just dunk the, this <laughs> this charred corpse of a bovine in ketchup. Yeah, well, he also, like eats, a four-year-old. he also eats his pizza with a fork, so. That's a pretty good point. Yeah, I thought that was pretty suspicious until I read that in Italy, the home of the pizza, people people eat it with a fork and knife, actually. Yeah, it's ain't Italy, buddy. <laughs> this is America. You're, you're not the president of Italy, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We're going to have uh, some entertainment news coming up here before too long. Clue Clue. remake, baby! Clue, uh, the movie Clue with with Martin Mull. I think Martin Mull was in it. Are they remaking it into a movie or a TV show? 
I believe it's going to be a movie. And a couple of big names in it as well. Movie. I can re- I remember when that movie came out because depending on which theater you saw it in, it had different endings. I think was that the one that had different endings. Mm-hmm. And then when you watch it now if it's on, you know, Comedy Central or TBS or something like that, they show all of the endings. Where it's like that's how it could have happened and then they kind of rewind and then they they show it all over again. <laughs> I went to go see a movie yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Peacock's a man? Oh, I saw on Instagram. And I went to that new uh, Flix brew house. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've did gone you there go a couple see, times. Did you go see Ed Asner? I, I went to go see Ed Asner. Oh my God, Daver could not stop laughing at Buzz's Ed Asner joke. You know the movie Ad no. Astra? And, uh-huh. he, and Buzz is like, we want to go see Ed Asner. And then once Daver picked up on what the joke was, oh my goodness, that thing hit his <laughs> funny bone so hard. No, but the funny thing was Steve Kaplowitz is sound, sitting there and he's like, they made a movie about Ed Asner? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they cast Hunter. Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> and then Steve's, and like, Steve's and hook, Steve's line, and like, secret. I'm like, he, I, he's like, when was Ed Asner an astronaut? Right. I can't believe Ed Asner, they, cast Ed, they cast Brad Pitt. And it has Ed Asner as an astronaut. Steve's fully in, 100%. Aww. And Daver's laughing. Oh, man. He was... <laughs> it was just, it was one of those moments where when he was laughing so hard, it would have made you laugh. Because he was just absolutely tickled silly by that joke. Aww. That's another guy we got to give a lot of credit to for the, uh, the new camera setup and everything else. Because Daver's put in a ton of work with this thing. Crawling in the ceiling and in the rafters. So, uh, Diedrich Vader's coming up in about 30 minutes. But I also uh, want you to explain your outfit to Joanna. Okay. Oh, so, <laughs> my God. Yeah. What, today or yesterday? Yesterday's. I just told her right now. I was like, you should have seen what Buzz wore yesterday. Well, I'm about to spill the tea here. <laughs> Joanna, for, get for, ready. For fall 2019. <laughs> okay. Tartan plaid with leopard print is the new black. What? Mm -hmm. Did you make that a thing? No. No, he's decided. I'm I'm doing my part to make it a thing. (laughs) Uh Tartan plaid and leopard print. That's what you wore yesterday? I didn't even wear the whole shebang. I, I just wore the jacket part of it. No, I walk it in. It comes with pants. And then he had a crushed oh velvet black yeah. shirt on as yeah. well to oh, like tie was... it all together. I did see the shirt because I logged onto the the chat for a bit and I did see the shirt. Well, I guess I play your cards thing. right, and I'll wear the tartan plaid and leopard print jacket again but tomorrow. Most... Wearing, I was gonna say wear it on Monday when it's just you two on the show. <gasps> yeah. Yes. I think I'm gonna call in sick that day. Oh. what a... <laughs> What a a bummer. By the way, that was hilarious on Instagram earlier this week with the every time every time everybody else on the show's out and it's the SpongeBob meme. I uh, here's Buzz. I am a head out. (laughs) I need you to tell me now and not at seven when we've already been on the show for a few hours and say, I I'm a head out. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I love a good fan theory. You know, the fan theory that uh, one of my favorites is that Ferris Bueller was all in Cameron's head mm-hmm. in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. He, Ferris Bueller is basically uh, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Yeah. Not all fan theories are great, but some of them are pretty intriguing. Try this one on for size, okay? 
Somebody came up with the theory that Pennywise the Clown from It and Mary Poppins are either members of the same species or from the same interdimension, the, the same alternate dimension. Uh, here are some of the things they have in common. Especially when you factor in the events of last year's Mary Poppins Returns. I don't know if you saw Mary Poppins I Returns didn't. or not. Well, she comes back and the Banks children are now Adults. in their 30s mm-hmm. and she's the same age. That reminds you of a certain clown that comes back. Mm-hmm. He looks the same even though the kids are now young adults. They both return every 20 to 30 years. Every 27 for Pennywise and something really close to that for Mary Poppins too. They both return to regenerate energy from a group of children. They also have a tendency to return to the kids who are now adults from the last time they visited. All right. It goes on, though. In both stories, the grown-up versions of the kids forget their experiences. So you have to refer to Mary Poppins Returns. Like, they, they don't remember. Even in the last scene, Joanna... Uh-huh. They, she talks to well it's not Bert but it's Lin-Manuel Miranda who's the chimney sweep of this one about how their memory fades so they don't remember uh-huh. all the magical mm-hmm. experiences and in, have you seen it yet? Yes. You've seen it? Yes. Same thing they're like why right. don't I remember and it gradually comes back to them but only when they're in dairy. Right. <sighs> you buying into this any? Yeah. Well this one ought to push you over the edge. They both lure a child named Georgie away from the other sibling. Hmm. And they both do it with a paper toy. And it, Pennywise, uses... A paper boat. Little boat? A paper boat. In Mary Poppins Returns, it's a kite. Oh. Oh, yeah. They both have the power to use what's in the children's imagination. Against them. And this was really played up more in the TV version of it because it was like Frankenstein and the Teenage Werewolf and the Muppets. So it was all these movies that the kids had seen, like classic MGM monsters. And they didn't do that as much in in the updated it but when they and it and that's the way it is in the novel so it's like they are kind of parasites that leech off the imagination of children uh also the parents in both stories are oblivious to the crazy stories and fantastical imagination that their kids are experiencing both mary poppins and pennywise have a pinch a penchant for singing and dancing that's true. Pennywise's dancing is very, very terrifying. At the end of Mary Poppins Returns, all the characters go floating off with balloons. And we all know oh how Pennywise feels about balloons and floating. Yeah. He's pro both of those things. You'll float too. Oh. Did you ever see Mary Poppins Returns? No. It was pretty good. Okay. It had Emily Blunt. 
So there you Did go. Did she play the same role that she did in Sicario, where she just sits back and lets everybody else do the work? Nope. Oh. She plays Mary Poppins. Oh. So she floats. <laughs> she does. So maybe they're, like, from the, the same species, and their whole thing is they live off of emotions. It How just cool so happens that... How cool crossover be, man? Oh, can you imagine the Banks kids show up in Derry? They're like, whoa, Mary, where'd we've you take been, us? We've been tracking this monster for 75 years. You mean Pennywise? No, another P. Puppets. <laughs> 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 All right. That's pretty incredible. Any, I, uh, I could get behind that. Any holes you want to poke in that? None that I can find. Pennywise needs to feed off of the spoiler alert here I guess the movie's still in theaters like he has to feed off their fear maybe there's some other member of his own species that's like "Uh, you know what I do the same thing but I go more with awe and childlike wonder that's what I get off on it's like in Monsters Inc how they're capturing the screams for their power but then they realize that laughter creates even more power Oh, yeah. There you go. Maybe we could all tie in together. Throw in a dash of Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Uh, Diedrich Bader plays uh, the husband uh, to Katie Mixon on American Housewife. Hi, Diedrich. Hey, Buzz. How are you? Doing good. I didn't know for like 15 years that you were Rex Quando. Like I, kn- <laughs> <laughs> I knew you and I knew Napoleon Dynamite, but I had no idea that you were Rex Quando and Napoleon Dynamite until recently. Yeah, that was uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I was uh, 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 yeah, I disguised my voice and I wore that bandana on my head and the glasses and everything. I could see where you can get completely <laughs> lost. Actually, so many people don't know that I'm in it that I was shocked that they hired me for the animated show. Oh, the animated TV show was not on very long, but but uh, you you made the crossover into the animated show when it was on. Yeah, I totally did. But you know, so many people do Rex Quando impressions that I was like, he could have hired somebody else. I don't think anybody would tell the difference. Bow to your sensei, right? I could have done it, right? <laughs> I probably could have. You no. totally could do it. All right. Uh, how much of that character did you make up, and how much how much was improvised as opposed to how much was, was written for you in that um, particular role? As opposed to office space, where I improvised a lot, uh, and it all made it in the picture, which is crazy. Um, I didn't improvise at all with uh, um, Napoleon Dynamite, um, principally because we only had two takes. <laughs> I, it, uh, Napoleon Dynamite was a, a legendarily small budget film that has become a yeah, you know a cult favorite. thousand yeah. dollars. So um, before they started rolling, they were like, "Okay, Diedrich, we can only do this twice." <laughs> so, so I wanted to make sure. I had learned the lines the night before in the motel room. There was no hotel. It was just a motel with a six-pack of beer. And uh, <laughs> so I kind of knew them. I can't say that I knew them entirely well. Um, so, But I, I, apparently I got a word for word because they moved on. But, yeah, they were like, we could only do it twice. So we'd really appreciate it if you could, you know. So I was like, okay, pressure's on. Um, You've yeah, been in a deep student film. I mean, there was like 15 guys instead of a crew of like on American Housewife. We have about 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Housewife is back for a new season. Is this fourth or third season for American Housewife? This is our fourth season. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I can't believe that we've had the luck to, to continue on the air. It's our fourth uh, time slot in four years. So I'm just hoping our, our audience follows us. Uh, you get a lot of praise 
Uh, Katie Mixon gets a lot of praise. Katie Mixon is just delightful. I think. Oh I like, my god, she's I like amazing! Katie a lot. I can't wait to see her on Monday. Katie was uh, okay. So if if you have now had the opportunity or haven't taken the opportunity to watch American Housewife, Katie Mixon was Kitty Powers' love interest on uh, Eastbound and Down oh, on yeah. HBO. That's so dope. she's a, she's a real sweetheart. Uh, in your career, you've been on two. I mean, just full-on cult favorites, Napoleon Dynamite and Office Space, as far as the big screen, you know, and that doesn't even get into the stuff you've done on television. Uh, yeah. Your your Office Space uh, character is, is pretty quotable as well. Brandon, hit me with uh, a Diedrich Bader from Office Space quote. Go! What would you do if you had a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time. Wait a minute. Hold on. Diedrich, you do this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let Diedrich do the Diedrich part. All right, let's start over. Let's reset here. All right. What would you do with a million dollars? Two chicks at the same time, man. Lawrence, what kind of women do you think would be willing to do that? Well, uh, I think I need a million dollars because it kind of chicks would double up on a dude like me. (laughs) 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 Not exactly, right? That's the best. Um, tell us the premise of American Housewife. It's been on for three seasons, and it's kind of a uh, it's a little bit of fish wa- fish out of water element, I guess, to it, right? Oh yeah, it's people that can't afford to live in a wealthy town, living in a wealthy town, so they're always able to comment on the, their environment because they're they uh, they're not a part of it, and everybody in town is always judging them, so uh, so they're able to judge the town. Um, it's kind of a fun setup. There are a lot of guest stars, uh, many, many guest stars. Who, who have been some of your favorites on the run of American Housewives so far? I love Jessica St. Clair. Um, she's just a really lovely actress and really hilarious. Um, I loved uh, Patrick... Uh, um, Duffy? Yeah, Duffy was on there. You know, when I was a kid, I loved the man from Atlantis. Man from Atlantis. These, ki- these kids I work with don't... Brandon might. Man from Atlantis was basically... Aquaman, except it was Patrick Duffy mm-hmm. before he was on Dallas. <laughs> yeah, so when he was on the set, we've gotten to be friends since, but when I totally geeked out on him because I just kept returning the conversation to uh, to the man from Atlantis. <laughs> so we would like do a take and I'd go, so the swimming. Tell me about the swimming. <laughs> Did you come up with that? or or? Do you remember the gills? Yeah, no, with the gills, of course, but you remember that kind of undulation that he did? Like he put his hands to his side and he just kind of like undulated like a fish. Yeah, he didn't need to use his arms like a human because he was a man from Atlantis, so he would just... He's a man from Atlantis, he's got those feet and everything, you know, he's got those webbed feet. Yeah. But also, uh, I I tried so hard when I was a kid to duplicate the swim of the man from Atlantis that I I was really tempted to, to, you know, say, hey, Pat, let's go to a public pool so I can show you my man from Atlantis swim. Oh, that would have been a great way to end Dallas the first time. Uh, is he's, Patrick Duffy steps out of the shower, and he yeah. finds out not only was it all a dream, but he was also the man from Atlantis while he was having the dream. So it's like... A hundred percent. That would have been television gold. Just a crossover between Dallas and man from Atlantis. <laughs> the man from Atlantis. I would, love, I would love to do it on American Housewives. <laughs> do that. Well, does he play a recurring character, or was it a one-time shot for Pat, Patrick Duffy? Well, I think it was a... Uh, it could be a recurring character. I mean, you know, the mom comes back all the time. I don't see why we can't have Patrick back on. But, yeah, I mean, it would be like... I'm not a writer, of course, but, like, Katie could just say, Hey, Dad, so where are you actually from? And he would go, Well, honey. And then, I don't know. He can get, take it from there. 
<laughs> are you uh, are the writers going to lay off a Norwalk this season, or uh, is yeah, Norwalk still in play? Uh, the city of Norwalk really um, was mad at us. Um, so, uh, you know, we went on a little listening tour and um, saw why they were upset at us and decided to t- change the name of the town that we rag on to West Bramford. But then once we did and it wasn't a real town, we kind of got tired of the joke. Mm-hmm. So you just not making fun of any town. Nor- did- we don't really make fun of any town anymore. We you actually had to... It did- was really fun to make fun of Norwalk. Did I'm you actually Norwalk. have to go over to Norwalk and talk to, like, the mayor or the president of the Chamber of Commerce and stuff? The congressman called up. <laughs> like, everybody was super upset at us. Norwalk is basically is, their lost cruise. In Westport, they do make fun of Norwalk. <laughs> in the actual Westport, they do make fun of Norwalk. In the city of Westport, they make fun of Norwalk. So that actually made sense. Our showrunner, uh, Kenny Schwartz, is from Westport, and he knows that that's what Westport does. They rag on Norwalk. So it was appropriate. Now, it was tough for the city of Norwalk to be ragged on and to hear you know that kind of behavior aired in public. But you know what? West Bamford just isn't as fun. Yeah. Guess what? We're kind of the Norwalk of Texas. I've heard that no. said before you know, <laughs> sometimes. All right, well, listen, uh, American Housewife back tomorrow. The city of ABC. El Paso is beautiful. Uh, I love El Paso. I tell uh-huh. the people in Dallas that because they call us Norwalk. So, all right. Uh, uh, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas has a problem. They got, they got a chip on their shoulder, Dallas. They really do. They're they the shot a movie in Dallas, and, and everybody said, everybody looks down, uh, everyone that I talked to was like, everybody looks down on Dallas. And, and at first I was like, no, no one does. And then once, like the 80th time somebody said that, I was like, what's up with Dallas? <laughs> Man, Dallas looks down on everyone else is what I've noticed. <laughs> All right, uh, to, uh, Friday night, American Housewife back for the big fourth season on ABC. Diedrich Bader and Katie Mixon are both fantastic in it. Thank you, Diedrich, for being on the show with us. I'm, I am so happy to be in the city of El Paso, to be broadcasting the city of El Paso, a great town that survived a lot, and I just hope that I can bring you some form of entertainment. Absolutely. Thank you, Diedrich, and uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Oh, thank you for having me on, guys. All right, bye-bye. Bye. There we go. He Dude, didn't get, that was great. He didn't get the line exactly cool. right, though, nah. did he? I don't think he did, but who cares? <laughs> who cares? He still was. Yeah, we, he, he, he literally was down. Said, yeah, he, yeah, because yeah, he chimed right in. Like he, he was like, "Let's do this." Yeah, kind of chicks doubled Most up on t- dude like me. Chicks same time. <laughs> Most times, actors won't do it. Though. Yeah, eh, let's not do that. But yeah, but but he, he jumped right in, and it was really cool hearing that he apparently improved a lot of the stuff from <laughs> Office Space. <laughs> 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 and if you never, if you never, if you never watched okay. the Drew Carey show, <laughs> he and Ryan Stiles were absolutely brilliant together in that show. They were hilarious. Was he on? Um, uh, what was the improv show? Who's line is Carey, anyway? yeah, was he on? Who's I think line he may have had a he, guest appearance. He was. He did a couple. I think when they very first started the show, he was on like the first season. Because I remember I used to. I, I was a big fan of the Drew Carey show growing up. For some reason, I wanted Mimi's makeup so bad, and so <laughs> I. But yeah, I remember he was on that, and he was hilarious. Because they would bring in guests every now and then. The the lady who played Mimi, they also brought her in on one. And then, of course, the big one that they had when Drew Carey was hosting it was uh, Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, there you go. That would be like 
getting Shakespeare to show up at a Shakespeare festival, kind of. Yeah, one of the greater jokes was those Drew Carey will give them the topic, and it, and they all have to do it separately. And he's like, "What's Robin Williams thinking right now?" And Robin Williams walks to the center station. And he goes. I have a career. What am I doing here? <laughs> it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. They uh, put out the transcript, although I guess it's not a word-for-word transcript of the call that Trump had with the Ukraine president. Do you think that that Trump's side thought that it would make them look better by releasing that? Because it didn't. I got to tell you, what they released yesterday has just ramped it up. And I don't know if anybody saw his press conference yesterday or uh, he sat down and talked with the press. He was hitting all the kind of like the Trump greatest hits, the witch hunt, fake media, fake news, Russian hoax. He was hitting all of it, but it just didn't sound like his heart was in it anymore. It didn't have the oomph that he usually has. Doesn't have the fire behind it. Maybe they were like, sir, you really have to stick to the script that we wrote for you. No, I mean, he was he was not sticking to any script, but he, he was saying the things that he normally says just without the, I don't know, he sounded You're tired. Like, yeah, the fake news media. Uh, right. Witch hunt. I wouldn't be completely surprised if Donald Trump, I actually, I wouldn't be completely surprised if Donald Trump hasn't already tried to resign and they talk him out of it somehow, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't resign. <laughs> He's all, let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go. I want to quit. It's the kind of thing that we won't know for years down the road, but some, I would not be at all surprised if they said. They're like, so when was the first time he actually wanted to quit? Election night. <laughs> Probably. When they were like, you won. What? I'm not saying that this is... An official prediction, but I would not be so surprised if Trump doesn't resign. Uh, the more that comes out, he resigns before they they can actually impeach him, which is what Nixon did. And there are a lot of comparisons that you could make between Nixon and Trump. This at this point, I mean, he's not exactly Richard Nixon, but there's a reason John Oliver calls his entire presidency "stupid Watergate." It's like the it's like the really dumbed down version of Watergate. I uh, guess we're gonna hear, uh, or at least some members of the Senate Intelligence Committee are gonna hear the actual call, and the whistleblower has tentatively agreed to testify. The whistleblower, for reasons that should be uh, pretty obvious, doesn't want to become a household name over all this, but. Uh, so there's some more stuff coming up today uh, about that. How about some entertainment news? Yeah! All right, let's do some entertainment news. The movie Joker looks pretty good. I saw the preview again yesterday. Uh, and there's a story that they're not going to be showing it in one theater in Colorado. Okay, take over. Whoever's got that story. That was the lead in. Go ahead. <laughs> Run oh. with it. <laughs> Uh, sure. So uh, the Century Aurora and XD Movie Theater, which was the site of a mass shooting in July of 2012, has confirmed that they will not be showing Joker because of all the violence that is in the movie. I guess Joaquin Phoenix was doing uh, an interview with uh, somebody from in England, 
and they said, hey, is you know, is it possible that this movie could end up encouraging the very thing that it is uh, trying to portray? And he got very uncomfortable and walked out of the interview. Oh, wow. Uh, he was eventually came back in and continued the interview, but he he left the interview and said, "What? No! How would it even like?" He couldn't understand the question. Uh, okay, so it's not going to be shown there. The director Todd Phillips has said that it does not glorify violence. There are plenty of movies that do glorify violence. Right. He says, you know. Um. See, I don't know if Quentin Tarantino movies glorify violence. Movies that really glorify it are like where it it just makes it seem cool. You know, like John Wick totally glorifies mm-hmm. violence. Fast and Furious the totally. Expendables. Never seen an Expendables, but sure. Well, I'm assuming that they do. I mean, just by showing violence doesn't mean you're glorifying violence. I, there's yeah, a difference. But you can show. It does make it look pretty cool. Yeah, some of it can look pretty cool. Uh, we've got a story here about uh, remake a clue. Brandon, you brought this up, and you think that it's going to be pretty cool. Well, I what mean, they're talking about doing the guys that they have attached to it already are pretty big name guys. So you've got Jason Bateman already. He's in talks to direct the remake okay. and to star in it with Ryan Reynolds. So you got two pretty big name guys there that might be in a remake of Clue. Now this could be one of those where it's like it's complete blasphemy. That perfect that the movie was perfect to begin with, but I don't hear that about I, Clue. I don't think Clue got good reviews when it came out. No, but it's become one of those cult hits. Of do you really want to? Has it ruined this? The Clue? I think absolutely. I remember it was when it was in theaters, and kind of the gimmick was that different theaters showed different endings. Like, mm-hmm. the guilty person would be different, but I didn't know that it had become, like, a cult classic. Or I anything. think it did for people of my generation because it was on television a lot growing up. And it's just, it's one of those movies that you always watch. It's just, it's a really? great movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's news to me. But, yeah, Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds apparently going to be on the new uh, Clue remake. That's pretty cool. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We do have some tickets coming up for the WWE, which is going to be in El Paso at the Don Haskins Center tomorrow night. Brandon, these pretty good seats, huh? Not as good as we would have had if you would remember to give them away on Monday. Okay. <laughs> Not the road I was hoping to go down here, but, uh, but these are on the floor, right? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot on, on Monday because we got really busy talking. So Kevin took him away? So he yeah. took him away. <laughs> he was like, you. Look, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to give him to somebody else. So the 54321 went from us to uh, Veronica in the I, afternoon. I think it was a wake-up call because I kind of remembered <laughs> to do stuff better this week. I feel like. Did no. you? It, well, no. no. Uh, did you? You mean the today. three hey, minutes did, we had yesterday yeah. to give away the tickets? Literally, we, we gave them away. Like three what? minutes. We gave them away. We did the contest. And that was we after gave I away. had to remind you, him like four times in the nine o'clock hour. And I, Joanna, I'm yelling at him. Three minutes and thirty seconds. And then when we and come he's back, sitting here arguing with people in the flipping Facebook oh chat. God. Oh my God! Instead of fa- paying attention, he was feeding trolls like Golden Corral yesterday, man. Uh, what have we told you about interacting with the trolls? 
Well, the trolls are also our... I mean, they're not just trolls. They're also people who listen to the show. Yeah, we, but yeah, you but were full on not even listening to Brandon. Brandon's like, all right, we're coming back. We have this. And he's like, stuff. I am going to. That was good stuff. One second. Son of a... Excuse me. You're the worst commenter ever. <laughs> I would appreciate an apology because you said that you do not like my radio I don't know. Show. Some, some people said the most hilarious part of the show yesterday was the stuff in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was you that said that. <laughs> I am just here for the people. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, oh, we, we read the transcript of uh, Trump's call with the with the Ukrainian president and Brandon did the part of the Ukrainian president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so took like 20 minutes. Man. People were people were complaining, but the only people complaining were people who I I guys, I Trump noticed fans. you're you're Trump fans. I noticed your comments. You're like get back to funny stuff. The only people complaining about it were were Trump snowflakes. So I mentioned, "Hey, be careful driving. We're seeing a lot of snowflakes out there." <laughs> and uh I felt like I had to do that. And then it just continued and continued and continued. And I'm just sitting here. Hey, we have three minutes to give away these tickets. And he's just, well, I just finished my statement. And that's why Kevin doesn't trust you anymore to give away tickets. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but I do think it made an impression on me because. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did did get to the tickets before the end of the show. One out of two pairs that we had to give away yesterday. He's like, darn it. By the way. Time for one. I think Lisa was about. Uh, like 60 seconds away from throwing something at him. Well, how many pair of tickets do we have to give away? We now have three because we were were supposed to be two and two, but we have three today. And what even happened yesterday too, Joanna? So as we're coming back, final break of the show, the final segment, and Lisa's like clapping at him like like you have three minutes. You know how she does when she gets excited? You have three minutes. He starts rambling about something else and be like, um, you know, if you guys want to go to the Facebook chat and uh, you go over the Facebook chat. And I'm like, you need to get. And the whole time Lisa's like, (laughs) contest. I'm like, two minutes and 45 seconds till we have to go. Somebody's talking their way right out of pancakes this morning. I could tell you that. Morning. Did you sleep? Still sleeping. Morning, sleepy poo. You want pancakes? Why? Why? Because I'm making pancakes. Pancake surprise. Mmm, pancakes. It's also national. 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 Pancake day. Pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. National pancake, pancakes. Pancakes, got it. Pancakes for everyone. Let's start the show. I want pancakes. Pancakes. Got any cure? It's showtime. Yeah, it is. So today's National Pancake Day, and uh, earlier you guys have been angling for pancakes. Are you going to buy us pancakes, Buzz? My Woo! position uh, is You look that great today, by the pancakes. way. Pancakes. Love the glasses. Your if, skin looks great, dude. Are you looking healthy? If I got pancakes, pancakes... I can't eat them. Like, you guys can enjoy your pancakes during the show, but I have to wait. And pancakes are a food that just don't hold up, like, over an hour. Like, <laughs> okay. Why can't right? you, eat, you eat during the show the whole time, man? Yeah, right? But, you know how many times you've had to pause the show because you had a mouthful of nuts? You were dying, remember? Yeah, I remember the one time you, like, went down, like, a, the wrong pipe or something. <laughs> eat, I'll eat a snack, but eating pancakes is a difficult, you know, with the syrup and everything. I you know can't what the, get that stuff on my you know fingers the be- during the show. Yeah, that's what, what you got to be worried about, what you get on your fingers. You know I, what the best kind of pancakes Brandon are? Brandon just officially gets no pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pancakes are the best? The ones Brandon? that are made with that uh, Tres Estrellas mix. Mm. Oh, those are the best. 
I just like mine. You All know, pancakes taste pretty much the same. No, like a pancake's uh-uh. a pancake. I, right? no, no, I guarantee. No. If I were to make you some with like Bisquick and then one with this, the tres estrellas, oh man. There's one that's like Cracker Barrel. It's amazing. We played a game while you were out. Joanna was out for a oh. couple of days, so we played a game called "What Is Buzz's Girlfriend Saying?" Because oh, this is great. Now oh. I'm like, like I'm official on Facebook because I left my phone unattended uh-huh. uh, on on the table while we were having I notice. Congratulations! So the contest is: I'll play. Let's see how Joanna would have done. She's saying a thing. It's either. Uh, a movie title, a book title, a song, a person, okay. a band. It, anything, really. And you see how, how you can ask a question. You can say, is it a person? Is it a place? Is okay. it a movie? Is it a All song? Right. Stuff, like, stuff, like Those are your questions. You're trying you kinda, to, you're it's kind of like 20 questions, and okay. then you can whittle it down. All right. What is grocery <laughs> Oh Yeah, this is, hold on. I got to get to the part because I had to write them down for her. And apparently Buzz was asking her what's grosser than gross. Neither Joyce. What? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Neither Joyce. Is it clothing? It is not clothing. It sounded like she was saying rider jeans or something. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Neither Joyce. Do you want to hear another version of it? Yes, please. Say uno más. Try their Joyce. <laughs> okay. Is it... Here, let me let me play it all as one. Try their Joyce. <laughs> Say uno más. Try their Joyce. Sí. <laughs> eh, hold on. Lo dije bien. I speak good English right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did we all morph into an episode of 90 Day Fiance? Yeah, we said the same thing. It's awesome. Hi <laughs> there, Joyce. I said what I've been trying to tell Buzz. Dude, you are living an episode of 90 Day Fiance. I mean, granted, this she's is an episode. in the country legally. She doesn't need a green card or anything, but they met on Facebook. She's from a different country. How do you Very broken English. Yeah. Grunts and thumbs up. No, I, I speak a little Spanish. She speaks a tiny little bit of English. Make it work. We don't fight. You it can't is, get in a fight just, if you can't communicate. <laughs> it is kind of cute because Nico goes, all I hear is the two of them giggling and laughing and just... just That's adorable. They, yeah, they're always just laughing. Okay, so Joanna. Okay. there, Joyce. What's oh she saying? Is it food? Has, there's food there. I'll give you... There's food In there. the words? Kind of. Uh, it's a place where you could get food. A restaurant. Uh, No. Uh, a food truck. No. Um. Um. Try their Joyce. Oh my God. I do not know. Try their Joyce. Okay, so she was telling Let me, me these about three syllables. She had lived dun, dun. in Boston, and she was telling me that there was a store they had there. Uh-huh. That was much better than Walmart, and it was a very cool place to shop. Okay. And she was, and it took me. 20 minutes to figure out what she was talking about. Try their Joyce. It's a grocery store. She says she wishes we had one in El Paso, but we don't have a... Try their Joyce. Yeah! (laughs) Joanna gets pancakes. (laughs) Try their Joyce. Give me your credit card. See. 
Que sí, eh, que me... hold on. Lo dije bien. I speak good lo dije English bien. right now. <risa> lo dije bien. You want to try another one? Um, okay. <clears throat> Let me get to the part where... Let me connect with my aunt who speaks like that. You got an aunt. Uh, the best part like is, is some people in the chat were saying that, like, how do you not know what she's saying? <laughs> yeah, you need to repeat. Don't answer in the chat. Even though Lisa oh. and I already know, don't answer in the chat because if Joanna has it open, it's going to ruin it for her. Let me see if I get to the point. It's going to ruin it for us. Oh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is cute, Buzz. I'm not laughing. Mm. You speak with everybody. Try their joys. Like their joys. It's good. <laughs> nice. I like how when you talk to her in English, you kind of get an accent. I he do. does. He totally does. It's like when he interviewed, what's his name? Chrisley. And he's just all of a sudden has that southern accent. <laughs> Dance. Click oh. water. Revival. Okay. What? Listen carefully. <laughs> Dance. Click water. Revival. Credence Clearwater Revival. Whoa! Oh, you channeled your aunt on that yeah, one. Yeah, you nailed yeah. that one. That one took us a while yesterday. Click nice. dance. Click water. Revival. It's because I heard that revival. Click dance. Click water. Revival. Wow, Joanna. Very good. Mexicans. <laughs> We got wrestling tickets uh, coming up here. In <laughs> let's Solid go, segue. Let's go ahead. We've already uh, established it. Today is National Pancake Day. Let's take Woo! a look at our Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events. We've uh, got National Dumpling Day. Oh, there you go. What if I sent you to go get some dumplings from like Cracker Barrel? Yeah. Actually, there's a really good dumpling, dumpling place that just opened pancakes. down the street. Yeah, but what what are you calling a dumpling? Like the kind from that bow, the little cartoon, no, remember? No, I'm talking about dumplings like they have at Cracker Barrel. I'm oh. talking about white people dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Appleseed Day is today. Man, they, I think they studied that in my kid's class last year, and then she was obsessed with Johnny Appleseed for like a week. Oh my God. What I grade? the story. First. Yeah, like in, in second, my daughter chose Johnny Appleseed to do the biography so she had to dress up like Johnny Appleseed. Put so the he, pot on her head? The pot on her head, yeah. Why did he wear a pot on his head? Because it was old-timey, I guess. Like, what did he do? He planted an he planted apple tree? A, no, he planted apple trees all across the frontier, which no, back in those days was like Kentucky and Tennessee and places like that. He was on okay. the pot, if you will. Ah. What? Yeah, the pot on his head. Oh, yeah. He was a pothead. Yeah. <laughs> he was the world's He's first pothead. <laughs> Birthdays today include uh, tennis great Serena Williams is 38. Local politician. Well, he's more of a national politician. Now, Beto O'Rourke is having a birthday today. Beto is 47. If you want to get him a present, send in your AR-15. <laughs> <laughs> Because he wants them all. He wants them all. That's what that's what Beto could get for his birthday. Actor Jim Caviezel is 51. He played Jesus in Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. And is now uh, plays uh, John Reese on Person of Interest. 
Linda Hamilton, who's coming back for another Terminator movie, is 63. She was Sarah Connor in the first two Terminator movies, and she's going to be back for the sixth in the series, which comes out, I think, within a month or two. I I don't think it's very long now until uh, Terminator 6 comes out. Olivia Newton-John is 71. Sandy in Greece, and a whole bunch of hits that she had as a recording artist. And Jonathan Goldsmith. Ah, that, that, we'll make this one a quiz. Who is Jonathan Goldsmith? He's famous enough to be on the Mo Show calendar, so who is he? Don't know. Mm-hmm. Give us a clue. I don't always drink beer. Ah! When I do, I prefer Dos Equis. The most interesting man in the world? Yeah, the guy who plays the most interesting man in the world. But he's not on those anymore. Like, they replaced him. But I think there's a tequila. It shows a guy that looks like him, but it only shows it from behind. And I think they're going to slowly introduce him as the spokesperson for this uh, tequila. I just saw that commercial last night, in fact. Some interesting uh, dates in history. 50 years ago, 1969, the Beatles released Abbey Road which was their 11th album, featured uh, songs you were all familiar with, like Come Together and Here Comes the Sun and many others. Boy, that 1969, a lot happened just in that, <laughs> you know, think about the stuff, the moon landing, the Manson murders, the Woodstock. Beatles. Woodstock, the Beatles releasing Abbey Road. That was a very eventful year, 1969. This date in 1960, the first televised presidential debate took place in Chicago. Featured John F. Kennedy and a very sweaty and uncomfortable-looking Richard Nixon. They say that that really changed everything because people who listened to the debate on the radio said that Richard Nixon mopped the floor with John Kennedy and the people who watched it on television said JFK won because Nixon looked like such a nervous mess. 1962, the Beverly Hillbillies debuted on CBS. 55 years ago, in 1964, Gilligan's Island debuted on CBS. And we got one other debut, also 50 years ago. So another thing that happened in 1969 of cultural significance, The Brady Bunch debuted on ABC. It blew my mind when I was a kid that I found out that The Brady Bunch used to be on uh, some other time than the afternoon because that's when they showed it on cable with reruns of the Brady Bunch. What? It's like, wait a minute, you mean you watched it at night like a regular TV show, <laughs> like Pizza of Hazard or something? It came as quite a shock. They uh, uncovered, Joanne, I don't know if you know about this, they uncovered a lost Brady Bunch episode. They did. Yeah, this one was so controversial, it never <gasps> aired. Like, there's some shows that are so controversial, it airs once and then they... They hide it, but right. this one was so controversial, it never aired. It's the Lost Brady Bunch episode that never made it on the air. When Mrs. Brady got an STD from Sam the Butcher. I want oh. you to keep it kind of strictly confidential between us. And then unwittingly shared it with the whole family. Right. Oh, I'm getting itchy all over. Me I'm itchy too. So am I. Yeah. If you carry a joke too far, somebody can get hurt. Sorry about that, Dad. <laughs> That's funny. What's funny? I smell fish. (laughs) Well, I can't help it. I've already taken three showers. Honey, why don't you use some of BB's cologne? There's a whole box of it over there. I'd rather smell like fish. (laughs) 
It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We have got tickets to give away for WWE Wrestling tomorrow at the Don Haskins Center. So let's go ahead and get a contestant. Lisa has prepared a contest called Sex Move or Wrestling Move. And in order to win the tickets, you're going to get two out of three correct. So we're going to give you the name of these things. And you tell us, is it a wrestling move or is it a sex move? The sex moves come from places like Urban Dictionary and I guess just the Internet at large. And the wrestling moves are all of Lisa's expansive knowledge. So let's go ahead and get caller number. We'll make it 10 just so we go through and get a random caller to play sex move or wrestling move. Here's a toll-free number, 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. You got seated behind a really tall guy at a wrestling event one time? I did. Second row, Shaquille O'Neal sat down right in front of me. But they ended up moving him, so. Why did... Because of that? They, no, they, yeah, because I complained. I was like, excuse me, uh, this guy's in my way. I can't see. I didn't even pay for this seat. Uh, no, they wanted to incorporate him in one of the storylines for that night's show. So They wanted to incorporate Shaq. Yeah, and where we were sitting at was the opposite side of where the cameras go. So him sitting there was kind of a no-go. They ended up moving him and his whole family. Or I would, actually, I take it back. It was him and I think one other person, the rest of his family stayed there. And then he, they moved him behind Jerry the King Lawler and uh, Jim Ross. One time they had an exhibition NBA game. And it was, it, it was Sean Bradley. I think he might have been with the Mavs. Anyway, whoever it was, I was up. You know, I had a good, pretty good seat. It was like 15 rows up, 20 rows up at the Don Haskins Center. And then I see somebody that I know that works for the Don Haskins Center. And they said, hey, come with me. We got a much better seat. So we go down, and it is right behind the Mavs bench. I mean, right behind the Mavericks bench. And I was like, this is great. But then they took Bradley out of the game, and his his seat on the bench was right in front of my seat. Yeah, but at least he's skinny. Just kind of lean around him. Yeah, I guess Shaq is like a big dude. Like an eclipse. Nah, but you could you could not see over Sean Bradley. What is he like? Seven foot. F- I think it was seven six, six, seven seven, seven six. Yeah, he was one of the NBAers that had their talent stolen from the Monsters. <laughs> That's more like petty larceny in the case of Sean Bradley. Yeah, you can tell. Because the funny thing is, to remember, Muggsy Bogues was also one of the guys that had his talents stolen from. The Monstars. I think they chose them just so they could have the Monstars be different sizes. Like it was pretty clear this is the one that got it from Sean Bradley, and then this, this one the over one here got Muggsy it from Muggsy Bogues. Bogues. The kind of thick look one over there got it from Charles Barkley. One thing you could say about Sean Bradley though was usually when guys get up into that height range, like the seven foot five, seven foot six, there's usually some kind of chronic condition of gigantism that can make them. Well, first of all, not especially athletic, but also it severe. You know, there are a lot of health problems involved. But Sean Bradley was was pretty agile and moved pretty good for a guy who was seven foot six. 
Um, they were showing a kid. You, I think you showed me like some high school or college kid who's super tall. Oh yeah, but he's uh, I don't know the English word for it. Schweckle. Yeah, he's the, he's he. One of the reasons he was making news is because he was on the same team as one of the Ball brothers. I think it was Lamelo Ball, maybe. Uh-huh. And it was like a, a an academy team, and the kid's gigantic, but he never really got any playing time because he, I think he was seven foot eight or something yeah. like that, but he weighed like 180 pounds. I think, the, like I think the condition there's several there's a bunch of different forms of gigantism. I think the one he had is called Mar- Marfan's syndrome, which is do you remember the giant from House of a Thousand Corpses? Mm-hmm. That's what he had. Tiny. Yeah, tiny. All right, we got a contestant. That means we're ready to play sex move or wrestling move. We got uh, Fernie, who's going to be our contestant. Hi, Fernie. How you doing, boss? I'm great. We're going to give you three here. You've got to get two out of three, so you just have to get more right than you get wrong. It's either a wrestling move or a sex move. So here's the first one. The burning hammer. Wrestling move. Okay, we'll we'll go over uh, the answers at the end. So, Bernie says Burning Hammer's wrestling move. All right, how about the Viennese oyster? Sixth position. Bernie, I'm gonna break in here and remind my co-host don't uh, don't respond by laughing at my. It might tip our hand here a little bit. And it just sounds funny. What, the Viennese, Viennese oyster? Yeah. Well, apparently you've never been put in a Viennese oyster before. You may have had a burning hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, Trouble in Paradise. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling move. move. You say Trouble in Paradise is a wrestling move. All right. All right, let's take a look at these. The burning hammer. Bertie said wrestling move. It is a wrestling move. Yeah, it's a wrestling move. It's kind of like a torture rack meets a like an attitude area adjustment move, and it's actually very popular overseas. Is there one wrestler that is especially associated with the with the burning hammer? <laughs> uh, there's a few different wrestlers that use this. There's a few that have a burning. There are hammer. there are different kinds of burning tools. Yeah, but this uh, burning hammer is a wrestling move, not a sex move. <laughs> Uh, Viennese oyster and Fernie, you said Viennese uh, Viennese oyster is a sex move. Correct answer is, yeah, it's a sex move. They go. Uh, it involves one partner's ears, <laughs> legs behind their ears, uh, and that's about go. all I can say. That's one partner it. has their legs behind the ears, mm-hmm. and that is the Viennese oyster. Well, that's uh, two out of three, so that means Fernie wins regardless. Woo! We got a winner here in Fernie. All right. Let's see if uh, Fernie managed to go perfect. Trouble in Paradise. And Fernie said that that was a wrestling move. If mm-hmm. I had been the contestant, I would have said that that is a sex move. It just sounds like a sex move. Like when you get what? a cramp, right? Something. <laughs> Trouble in Paradise. <laughs> That is a wrestling move. Did you know that for a fact, Fernie? Yeah. Who, can you name the uh, the wrestler whose signature move or one is one of their signature moves is Trouble in Paradise? 
Uh, I believe that's Kofi Kingston. <laughs> yes, Kofi you Kingston. are correct. All right. All right, Lisa, can you tell us more about the Trouble in Paradise? Yeah, um... It doesn't sound like it's very impressive, but it actually is, especially when Kofi does it. It's when a wrestler spins uh, full circle in the air and lands a solid kick to the opponent's head. Kofi's known for all of his high oh flying. Oh, my God, it's the trouble in paradise. Is, do the yeah. announcers still talk like the wrestling announcers back in the 70s and 80s did? For the most part, except for, like, Corey Graves, because he's terrible. But, I mean, other than that, Looks yeah. like he's going for the trouble in paradise. That's how the wrestlers from my day would. I mean, the announcers would have done it. Okay, uh, Fernie, you win. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. We'll set you up with tickets. Hang on just a second. That went pretty good. Should I just stop as soon as they get two right? Like if somebody gets to the third one. No, get to the third one. Build it up for dramatic purposes, I guess. Yeah, of course. I won. You wouldn't happen to know that Nikki Six, would you? Hey, do you know? <laughs> did you go to Anthony Elementary School? Yes, I did not. Oh. <laughs> Too bad because Nikki Six is looking for his friend Juan. Yeah, I know. Oh. I'm one of the millions. <laughs> yeah, he really narrowed it down. Yeah, you're you're Juan of the millions. <laughs> Juan in a million. Uh, Juan, I've got three items here. Tell me if it's a wrestling move or a sex move, and if you get. Two out of three, that makes you a winner. All right. I did that one yesterday. I was about to do one I did yesterday. Damn. All right, the flying camel. The flying camel? Yep. I'm going to go with wrestling move on that. All right, Fernie says wrestling move. Uh, that's Juan, not Fernie, sir. Sorry, Juan. My bad. And I, <laughs> made, a deal. I, I made a big deal about your name. <laughs> I don't mean to offend any Juan. You did. <laughs> Uh, the <laughs> the backstabber. Uh, God, sounds like that might be a sex move. All right, and finally the skull crushing finale. <laughs> what the? <laughs> is that a sex move? The skull crushing finale, or is it a wrestling move? <laughs> uh, I'm 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 going sex move. I I feel like I should give Juan. I never would have predicted that anybody would do this. He got every one of them wrong. <laughs> oh, Are you serious? Should yeah. I give him the tickets just because oh, he was perfect, but he was perfectly score. wrong? Yeah, it was perfect. I mean, Perfectly I, wrong. The, I see I why not. The fly, <laughs> listen, the flying camel, sure. which you said is a wrestling move. I think you're probably thinking of the camel clutch, which yeah. was the Iron Sheik's move. We did the throw clutch. that in as a... It'll make you hum there. Hang on, is it? Don't hang up yet, Juan. I can get him just because it's Juan. <laughs> <laughs> you are Juan in a million. I'm not ruling that out totally. Yeah. So you're trying to say that Juan, Juan? Maybe. Yeah. But let me describe as much as I can the flying Campbell, which is a sex position. Okay. She is lying on her back. You, if you're the guy, are on your knees. You prop yourself up without using your arms. You do, while okay, I can't read that. You then proceed to flap your arms and let out a long shriek, 
much like a flying camel. What the hell is a fly? The camels don't fly. They say much like a flying camel, like that's an actual thing. Dude, I don't know. I just urban dictionary right. this. <laughs> so you flap your arms and while you're on your long knees. Shrieking howl. You, like a flying camel? <laughs> now, the, the next one we gave you was the backstabber. You said that was a sex move. Uh, yeah. But that's a wrestling move. That's a wrestling move. Used by Carlito. Who is Carlito? Carlito! He plays the brother on Glow to uh, Machu Picchu, but he's also um, he's a professional wrestler. He was in the WWE, and right now I think he's in Ring of Honor. What, what Describe the backstabber. Um, it's similar to Jericho's Codebreaker, but instead of it's it's actually done on the back. Okay. That's the backstabber. And then skull crushing finale. Against all logic, Juan said that that's a sex move, <laughs> but it's a wrestling move. Yeah, Describe that, the wrestling move. Yeah, skull crushing finale. This one's used by the Miz. It combines like a full Nelson with a Russian leg sweep. So, <laughs> what kind of? Nice. Why did you think that would be a sex? Juan, I'm interested. Why you the thought that be a, the why would why would that be a sex move? I have no idea. I have no idea, man. I've never heard of none of these. I gotta tell you, it's, it, it is as difficult, or maybe more difficult, to get all of them wrong. Yeah. I'm gonna change the rule. You took all of the ones because I was like, oh, these will toss, like they'll throw them off, especially like the flying camel. It's like yeah, the camel yeah, clutch, that, and that sounds like somebody somebody jumping off the ropes. <laughs> you know, it could be in a wrestling move. That's sure. why I'm like. Lisa, I'll leave it up to you. You came up with all these. Do we give Do we give Juan the tickets, or do we not give Juan the tickets? I mean, it is pretty impressive that he lost like so majestically. So <laughs> I'm gonna say sure, why not? <laughs> Congratulations on being a loser. Hang on, Juan. Don't go anywhere. We'll give you the tickets. <laughs> you- this quiz is a lot harder than people think. I, I would like to say thank you to my friend Brian at Dapper Inc. Because he came up with most of these, the sex positions and the wrestling moves. Hello. Hello. Hola. Hello. 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 Anybody there? Yes. Who's this? You're calling K Bueno. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hey, who's this? <laughs> Hello. Can you hear me? Mike. Yes. Hello, Mike. Yes. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> okay. I'm here. Who's that third party talking over there? <laughs> Which one? There's like I don't. Did you hear somebody talking in Spanish? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah so did I. That? I we thought that was you, you were having a conversation with somebody is what it I thought. It was kind of a broken Spanish, but yeah, yeah. What, okay. What's going on? All right. I don't know. You ready to play uh, sex move or wrestling move, Mike? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's jump on that. Okay, here we go. First up for you. Yeah. Boston Crab. Uh, repeat that? Boston Crab. Okay. Sex move or wrestling move? Sex move. Okay. Next, we've got the pretzel. The pretzel, I'm going to say, uh, uh, uh. Oh, I'm going to say sex move. 
All right, and finally, three amigos. <laughs> you know, that could work both ways. <laughs> it really could, honestly. Think about it. It would be the two amigos and an amiga, but yeah. <laughs> right, you if never it's know. Three it amig- could be three right? amigos. Yeah, three amigos. You're well, making a lot of assumptions here, Mike. Yeah. You are correct. Sir. You are correct. I take that back. Docking yeah. session. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to say the three amigos is going to have to be a wrestling move because we're not talking gay flicks, so yeah. <laughs> Again, you're assuming a lot. <laughs> I am. I am. And I, I'm assuming with a straight mentality. Okay. Well. How's that sound? <laughs> and I'm glad to take part of this conversation. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's go through. Boston Crab. Uh, Mike said that that is a sex move. Oops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah. You got to get the next two right. It's a uh, Boston Crab, I think, is kind of like an old, like from the old days of wrestling, like a yes. Boston Crab. I've, I've heard about that going way back. You are correct. Yeah, yeah that's really? a super how, old. How long ago are we talking here? I mean, come on, we're talking my generation or. or I was talking. Like one of the originals. Like yeah. back to the 1800s, I, I think. Yeah. There's it's no okay. way it could have gone that one. You got two you got two more chances right now. So okay. the wrestler hooks the opponent's legs under one of their arms and then turns the opponent face down and you bend them. It's like bending at the waist but backwards instead yeah. of forward. And uh, okay. Alright. You gotta get the next two right. I said the pretzel. Mike said that that is a sex act. That is. Yeah. Go. Uh, let me see. Man kneels over woman. <laughs> she wraps one leg around his waist while the other leg rests under his butt. Okay. Huh. Kneels over the woman. She wraps one around his waist while the other one is around, is under his. So both of the legs are around <laughs> the guy? Yeah. I mean, basically, you make the shape of a pretzel. Uh, huh. the leg. I can't picture that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you got that one. It brings it all all down to the final one. You got to get this right, and this is the one that you tortured yourself over. Three amigos. Yeah, yeah. Mike said a wrestling move. Yeah. Three amigos is a wrestling move. I thought so. Woohoo! All right, so here's Lisa Sanchez to just. Describe the three amigos. Hey, it's have a- you ever experienced the three amigos before, <laughs> Lisa? <laughs> no. Okay. This move was used by That's Eddie Guerrero. Why laughing so hard about it? <laughs> uh, no, this use- move was used by Eddie Guerrero. It was a uh, trio of suplexes. It's a classic way that he would gain like momentum. he just suplexed somebody three times in a row, mm-hmm. and that was the that was oh, the damn. three. Re- Three Amigos move. Yeah, there you wow. go. Well, you did it. I was. Woo! I thought you started off a little shaky there, but yeah. you pulled it together, Mike. Right on. All right, hang on. Uh, talk to Joanna for a second, and uh, we got your tickets for tomorrow. These are pretty good seats for WWE at the Donna Haskins Center. Thanks, Mike. Cool. Thank you. Hang tight. All right, and that does it for our tickets. Woo. Unless we get some more, but... No, you don't get any more. <laughs> Being involved in a car wreck can be a stressful and confusing time. The Ruman Law Firm is prepared for exactly this type of situation. Let us fight the insurance companies while you take care of the most important thing, you and your loved ones. Let Chuck and the Ruman Law Firm handle your case so you can get the monetary damages you deserve. 
Make 845-4LAW your first call after an accident. Chuck Ruman, the people's injury lawyer.